Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, and we're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your small business. Today, we're going to dive into something that isn't so commonly considered to improve your productivity, but I assure you that it does, and it impacts your business more than you may realize. Ooh, that's a little mystery, isn't it? <laughs> All right, everyone. Business rock stars, you are here for another round. And I want to share with you, my name is Maggie Mongan, and I am your host today. I'm a tenured master business coach and strategist for almost 20 years now. I'm the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., which is a coaching practice specializing in guiding small businesses to optimize business performance and leadership. We know how to help you rock and shine. But here's something that's really cool. I'm all about improving the underserved small business sector. And that means businesses that are from one employee to 499 employees, according to the Small Business Administration. So here we are focusing on improving small business. And I honestly believe that small businesses are the accelerant of our economy, so much so that I founded inadvertently, it became a number one best-selling business book series for small businesses. Now, don't worry, we'll share a little bit more about that later. But most importantly, I want you to understand something that like all good things, I didn't do it alone. I invited tenured experts to join me in the authoring process. And today we have with us one of those tenured experts. And it's somebody who's not new to our series at all. This is Mike Raber, who is a two-time number one best-selling business author and now a number one international author. Mike works with small business owners and influencers to learn about how to get out of their own way so they can own their experience and fulfill their mission. Mike, welcome back. Hey, Maggie, it's great to be back. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> we get to have more fun. Yay. Yay. Okay, so Mike, you, your latest book in our series is volume four, which is the one with the beautiful amethyst purple cover, right? Yep. Okay, it is. And it's titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. Now that is the name for the series. And then we have volume one, two, three, four. So right now, uh, we're discussing Mike's topic in volume four. And I say that very specifically because he's been in two other volumes in our series. <laughs> mm -hmm. So volume four, Mike, your chapter is the fifth one. And it's titled, Are Your Influencer Capabilities Being Overwhelmed by imposter syndrome. Hmm. <laughs> this is going to be a great conversation for small business owners, isn't it? Oh, yes. Okay, so I'm thrilled you're here today because our listeners, uh, they're in for a treat and this is real to them. We have imposter syndrome show up um, in all sorts of different ways. 
and we might have one project that we got really dialed in and we're mastering it and another one where we're experiencing imposter syndrome because we know that um, we always have a lot going on, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is one of those really cool conversations that can help everybody advance their game pretty quickly if they only take even one nugget, right? Yep. So should we just start wowing everybody? Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay, I got a question for you, Mike. Perfect. Okay, now everybody, I want you to know that as we begin this podcast, this is the third episode in Mike's Imposter Syndrome series. He's going to have a total of five. So um, I'll have in the show notes the other ones, but if you want to remember it's really simple 157 and 167 and you might want to start at 157 after you listen to this mm-hmm. and again that'll be in the show notes all right so we have uh today's episode and then two more after this right yeah so we're going to go a little deeper a little deeper dive and further explore the imposter syndrome and proven methods for overcoming it Mike, there, well, there's a lot with this, isn't there? Oh, yes. Okay, so where's the best place for us to start? Well, why don't we first start by diving a little deeper into the three main areas that we're going to be talking about today. Yay! Let's do that! (laughs) All right. So starting with imposter, then expert, and then influencer. Mm. And it really lies in the belief that we have about ourselves. How do we show up or how do we believe we're supposed to show up? But before I really get into that, I want to first take these three words. If you look at imposter, expert, or influencer by themselves, any one of those words, you could write a whole book on that topic. (laughs) And people have. (laughs) Yes, very true. Yet together, they have a different ring to them. So for the purposes of today, I'm going to break each one down a little bit more. So let's first start with imposter. According to the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, an imposter is one that assumes false identity or title for the purpose of deception, which takes us back to the underlining question in the chapter. Is in business, are we showing up as someone with a strength, a lesson, or skill set to share for the purpose of deceiving those around us? Mm. I don't think very many of us would fall into that category. At least I sure hope not. (laughs) okay i and i agree with you on that (laughs) yes now let's look at expert once again according to marion webster's dictionary an expert is one with a special skill or knowledge representing mastery of a, a particular subject i like that explanation because it states of a particular subject not everything I find that oftentimes we overextend that point. We think that we have to know it all when we don't. And the Mm. question can arise, what if there is something I don't yet understand? Can I be an expert? All-knowing. If we are going to show up, in my opinion anyway, if we're going to show up as an expert, do we need to have a particular skill or expertise around what we are working on? Of course. We do have to be able to demonstrate and show that we know what we're talking about. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense so far. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you're saying an expert can, and, and I'm going to interrupt you here, Mike, an uh -huh. expert needs to have a particular something that Correct. they've mastered, right? Correct. Okay. And it doesn't have to be like, um, let's say business. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, there are some people that are business experts and they know everything about business. And then there's people who are experts within different aspects of business, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And in fact, I would argue that it is preferred to not know everything or we will miss out on the added value of others' inputs. Yes. And which is one of the things that's so nice about showing up, knowing that we are in the lead, we're a little bit further ahead as a leader, as an expert, yet we're also in an inclusive environment, hopefully. And through the effort and knowledge of others, it can help us become an even better leader or expert. And a great example of that, many years back, I was the general manager for a real estate company in Seattle. Plus I was also a state certified real estate instructor. So the state certified me to teach real estate classes, whether it's how to get your license, how to do a lot of different things in real estate. And because of that, one of the people I work with, she was a teacher for the, one of the technical colleges in the area. And she got really sick the night before the final real estate appraisal class that she was teaching. And if the class wasn't taught, no one showed up as an instructor, the students wouldn't be able to graduate. They would have to literally take the class, which was offered at the end of the next semester, and which would have pushed the graduation back six months or more. Okay. So she's panicked. And she calls me up and she says, I don't know. I know this is a huge ask. And I know you probably are really busy, but this is my situation. Is there any way you can help me? I said, of course, you know, I'm going to help you. What is it that I can do? And she said, well, I have this real estate appraisal class that I teach and I need an instructor tomorrow at 730 and I can leave the textbook at the front desk. And when you get there, if you can get the textbook and walk in and teach the class, it's a two day class, 15 hours, you would save my life and the lives of the students. I said, real estate appraisal? I teach people how to sell and appraise houses all the time. It's one of the things as a listing agent, we do a computer market analysis of the value of the house. So I understand the appraisal game. In fact, I thought I knew more than a lot of the appraisals out there. Ha. Anyway, I said, sure, of course, I would do that. So I show up the next morning, I grab the book, I walk into the classroom. There's roughly 12 students sitting around this table, all eyes on me. And I look at the book and now I'm the real estate expert in the room, right? The teacher, the instructor, the one who's supposed to be awe knowing. And I look at the mm. title of the book and it's real estate appraisal, law and ethics. Okay. Okay. So I started to page through the book. Meanwhile, all eyes are staring at me and it was like looking at Greek. It talks <laughs> about appraisal law. It talks about appraisal ethics. It talks about the do's and don'ts and how you lose your license or how the things that you aren't supposed to do as an appraisal, all the ethical things that an appraisal needs to know. But nowhere in this book did it talk about how do you value a house. Nowhere in this book did it talk about any of the things I knew. So I was like, <laughs> okay, can I climb underneath the table and leave now? Maybe nobody will notice I ever came in the room. I, you know, Mike, I understand that. Because being a business strategist, I have some areas in business that I really dive deep into an undeniable expert, right? Like mm -hmm. master. 
and other things I won't touch with a 10 foot pole, like um, accounting. Mm. Okay, I'll, I'll give people a basic idea what to do to get them started. But then I tell them, do not stop here. You need to speak with your CPA. Your CPA knows things that I will never know. Mm-hmm. And your CPA knows how to do this best for your business. You know, legal was the other one. So that's so funny mm-hmm. that you mentioned that because those are the two that immediately it's like, okay, there's some practical things, mm. but I am not the person you need to be listening to, right? right? It's like, yeah. go, go find that expert and I can get you started if you need some help, but holy cow. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's like, here you are an expert and it's on totally different topics. Great. You get a chance to learn. Yeah. But it's not your wheelhouse, right? Right. And I'm supposed to lead this class. And if I screw up <laughs> and they don't finish the class, they don't graduate. Uh oh. If I leave, they don't graduate. It's again, all eyes on the deck of the ship. And I'm now supposed to captain this thing. Yeah. Holy so, cow. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of goes back to the expert factor. It's like, okay, I'm clearly the expert in what I know. It's my job to figure out what I don't know and who can I borrow the knowledge from that's in this room because that's all I had to work with right now. So I figured the first thing I need to do is find out who's in front of me. And then as I bring in that information, I can further decide how I'm going to run the next two days. So everybody goes around the room. It's like student, okay, she's safe. Student, okay, he's safe. I can say pretty much anything and those two will believe it. Third person, well, I'm a real estate appraisal, a residential real estate appraisal, and I've been doing appraising for 12 years. And I'm taking this class to con- for continuing education. I was like, okay, she's going to find me out as a false or fake. <laughs> student, safe. Student, safe. Student, oh, I'm so glad that you're here because when I found out that our instructor was late, I was worried that we wouldn't be able to finish the class and I really need to graduate. Ah, really safe with that student. <laughs> Next person, I'm a commercial real estate appraiser. I've been in appraising for 15 years and I'm taking a class for continuing education. Okay, I'm not going to fleece that person. Student, right. student, all the way around the table. So I had two experts in that, like you just said, in their area is law and ethics. They know a whole lot more than I'll ever know. And I had everybody else that were students. So I had to make sure that the students knew enough to take the test. I had to make sure that the experts didn't think I was a complete idiot, meaning I had to stay in my realm of leadership right. as a leader, the expert, right? And that goes back to what I was saying that I think that part of being an expert is leaning into the knowledge of those around us and working with that. And together we win. Together exactly. We win. Exactly. So that's what I, true experts do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I start by asking the question and hoping that the answer I thought would be true was true. How many of you have already read the book? And they all did because it's the textbook and it's the last day of class. So I knew I didn't have to deal with the book. They knew what was in the book. I didn't have to worry about what was in the book. They already knew that. I just had to keep the conversation going. So I would kind of page through a couple of pages and I would find a question that would kind of pop out at me and say, okay, let's discuss, let's explore this area for a second. And then we started a dialogue and the student would pitch in and then the other student would ask a question and every couple of students would ask questions. As soon as a question popped up, if it was something that I knew and I could honestly give an honest answer, I would, which was about 3% of the time. The remaining 7% of the time, if it was res- residential or if it was commercial, I would look at the two experts in the room and say, 
Mary, what do you think about this? How would you handle that in the real world? And students, the best thing I can tell you right now as an instructor is what you learn here in class and what you discover to be true in the real world often are not the same thing. So <laughs> we are so fortunate that we have two experts with us because they know what happens in the real world. You read the book. You know what the book wants you to know. You know what you need to know to pass the test on Friday. These two know how to survive as appraisers. So lean into them over the next couple of days. And I looked up with them and said, and you two don't mind, do you? And they said, no, of course, anything we can do to be of help. So I then used the next two days as a conversation mode. I led the conversation, I facilitated. So I still kept expert status, but those two really taught the class because they were the two experts in the room. Sure. And I just had to drive the process. And then at the end though, and this is the point of the story is number one, I knew to borrow the skill sets of those around me. But number two, at the end, the difference between the expert and the imposter, in my opinion anyway, is the imposter, I could have turned around, walked out of the class, thanked them for spending a couple of days together and said, ah, whew, I just flew by that one. I can't believe that they believed me. Ha, 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 right? right? Yeah. But that had been more along the side of the imposter. And I knew that there was an underlining lesson that they needed to know too, is how do we show up in business? How do we show up in the real world? Because they were on their way to be future leaders. So I said, I have, a, I have something I want to share with you guys. I said, number one, how many of you thought that the last two days were valuable? They all raised their hand. I said, how many of you believe that you got information in the last two days that will change the way that you're going to do your business moving forward? They all raised their hand. I said, how many of you are glad that I came here and we didn't have to postpone the class? Everybody raised their hand and then they were talking and you could see this essence of jolly. I said, well, I too learned from you guys and I too really enjoyed this conversation. And I noticed that you, pro or I assume you probably noticed that I kind of leaned on our two experts more than say your other instructor might have because I recognized them for who they are. And I wanted want to take advantage of the fact that we have two experts in the class, but also as an instructor, I know that it's important that I give you as well-rounded of an experience as I can. And I don't have the skill sets. I'm a, residential broker. This is my wheelhouse, not law, not ethics. And that is why I showed up the way I did. And then one of the, one of the students laughs and goes, I thought you looked a little scared at, at the first start of class. <laughs> and the residential appraiser goes, I was wondering some of the questions you asked, but I didn't want to say anything. And then one of the other people with tears coming down her eyes, she goes, I, I, I don't know what to say. All I can say is I'm so glad that you stuck through because these last two days were powerful and they would change the way that I went to run my business. Beautiful. So I showed up, I was authentic at the end. Once I earned the right to be, yes. and I didn't let them know. And that I think is the true definition between the expert and the imposter is I could have left and never said that. And they probably wouldn't have ever known or thought much about it. But I wanted to drive home the fact that they are future experts. They are experts in the making. And I wanted them to know that if they're in this situation moving forward, there's another way to play. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. I love it. It's a great story because it ties in all these different aspects. So, so far, Mike, you gave us the definition, the official definition of the imposter. 
and you gave us the official definition of the expert. So now, what is the official definition of an influencer? All right, going back to my buddy Miriam Webster and what they had to say about an influencer is this, one who exerts influence, a person who inspires or guides the actions of others. This goes back to the question of, are we showing up with the goal of inspiring someone or guiding them through a challenge, etc.? I think many times we either don't give our potential to inspire the credit that it deserves, mm. or we make the mistake of thinking and more of what an influencer really is. As an example, one might look at an influencer as this high and mighty person that's going out there and doing radical things. And there's influencers that do that. There's also influencers that change the world in less amazing things. <laughs> and one example, as an example, still an influencer in the state that it, I'm talking about now. Context one, is everything. Yeah, exactly. Is a three-year-old just figured out how to run. And they get up and they kind of walk and they jog across the room. And on the other side of the room is this little one and a half-year-old. And the one and a half-year-old is watching a three-year-old saying, wow, I wish I could run. The one and a half-year-old can barely stand up and take a couple of steps and then they fall back down. <laughs> So would you look at the three-year-old and say they're an expert when it comes to movement? Probably not. But to the one-and-a-half-year-old, they are. To the one-and-a-half-year-old, and especially the three-year-old were to turn around and pull the hand out and say, here, let me help you across the room. Now the three-year-old is an influencer in helping the one-and-a-half-year-old learn how to walk quicker because they have a role model, not fall because they have someone to catch them if they do, and learn how to walk so they're not spending the rest of their lives crawling. So I think whether it's the one and a half year old following the three year old, the 10 year old following the 14 year old, the assistant following the executive, whatever it is in our life or someone on a stage, we all have the ability to be influencers in our own right if we allow ourselves to show up that way. Yeah, I agree with you. And I love what you said. Um, before you shared the story about the, the toddlers, you said, I think many times we either don't give our potential to inspire the credit it deserves. Okay. Mm. Our potential to inspire. We inspire people all day long, just like this beautiful example is, right? So are we really giving ourselves enough credit there? And I'm with you. I don't believe that we do that often enough. So this is really a good point, Mike. Thank you. You're welcome. That's why in, in looking at imposter syndrome too, let's explore the definition of imposter syndrome one more time. Imposter syndrome itself, and in, in the second podcast, uh, in the book that you and I did, we really dove deep into that. However, for today's purposes, if you look at imposter syndrome, it's a psychological condition characterized by persistent doubt concerning one's ability or accomplishments accompanied by the fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite evidence of one's ongoing success. Ah, I, I like that. Despite evidence. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this, this is pretty common. I, you know, I want to crack this open for a minute because um, before we dive into pastor syndrome, I want to go back to that influencer first, because I want to, I want to sort of position them up against each other. Nice. 
Okay. Because you were talking about the toddlers and there's all sorts of experts. There's thought leaders, there's influencers. Um, We're not going to crack that open today, but um, some people (laughs) um, look at influence in different perspectives, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And we see that there are some people, now I have yet to watch one of these on social media, but I know that there's people that have huge followings on social media because they do cat videos or dog videos or God knows what they're doing. Okay. Um, And they're influencers because of the volume that they can get people to do something, right? The volume of people. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Oh, so-and-so just posted one. I got to go watch it. That's influence. They're, they're, shifting our behavior right Mm -hmm. so that's one type of influencer and and it's more common in social media there's celebrity influencers um and then there's influencers that are doing different things like shaping the world right into a a better place and we have a lot of young people that are doing that Mm -hmm. as well as other aged people but i i just want to share that um this influencer thing may look a little different than how we typically think of it. There's, mm. there's a broader approach to it than, oh, well, uh, if somebody's an influencer, they must be a world-renowned name like Deepak Chopra, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or yeah. the Dalai Lama, right? Um, and that's not the case. We just said children, toddlers can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, people who do cat videos can do it. It doesn't matter. This is a very different time that we're living in. And to somebody, we are always being inspiring, whether we realize it or not. So Mm -hmm. I love that, Mike. Thanks for sharing that. But now, let's get back to imposter syndrome. And this is a great definition. Can you say it again? I really want everybody to lock it in. Sure. Imposter syndrome is the psychological condition characterized by persistent doubt concerning one's abilities or accomplishments, accompanied by the fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite evidence of one's ongoing success. Okay, so I know um, this is really cool. And again, I'll say despite the evidence of one's Hmm. ongoing success, I have a couple more questions to ask you, Mike, and I'd love for you to tell stories in all of them because you're excellent at that, but I know we're getting tight on time already. Mm -hmm. So let's see what we can make happen. Okay. Perfect. So what are a few ways that you have seen this whole imposter syndrome thing show up in your life? Well, probably one of the largest in preparation of the chapter, and after talking to many people about their experience with imposter syndrome, I noticed there was one common theme, which was the belief about whether they were an imposter or, or whether they were an imposter or were they really the expert or influencer they wanted to be. Mm. And I found that oftentimes it really lived in between their two ears, to be totally truthful. <laughs> it had nothing to do with their ability skill sets, or position in life, ultimately it came down to their belief in themselves. As an example, years ago, I should have been on top of the world. 
given all that I had accomplished, yet I was still imprisoned by my own limiting beliefs. And because of that, I wasn't able to truly step into the person I wanted to be. As an example, I shared a little bit about when I was running the real estate office. And after stepping down from the role of general manager, which was a pretty lofty goal I had at the time that I reached, and opened up and built and grew and eventually sold the limousine company in Seattle and was able to move my family back to the Midwest, I became the director of training for Remax and achieved 10 different real estate transactions in two years and on and on I went. Became a financial advisor, wrote two books and became a number one best-selling business author with the brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner book series. One of my favorites, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Yet somehow I still did not feel like I knew enough. Aha, uh -huh, there it is. Yeah. Are you okay. starting to see an ongoing theme of imposter syndrome? The underlying th question became, did I truly not know enough? Or did I not deserve the rewards and financial benefits which give credence to someone with expert status? It wasn't until I realized my true expertise comes from taking what I learned or what we as people learn and then applying it to real life that I started to really believe I was an expert. Oh, yes. Okay. So, Mike, what are some of the things you did to overcome the feeling of imposter syndrome? Well, one was talking to different people and realizing that they are in the same place or they were in the same place that I currently was at. And even mm -hmm. though I looked up to them and thought that they were the almighty, they were just a little further down the road than I was. And <laughs> the almighty. <laughs> right, right. And when they shared that with me, it was like, oh, really? And then they shared things about me that they liked and they appreciated. And it was like, oh, I didn't see that, but it makes sense after they explained that. And I started to realize that, again, my own insecurities, my own false beliefs were in between my own ears and that I truly was the expert. I truly was the person who should be showing up and I needed to do that. And it kind of goes back to in my first or in the chapter, I share one of Jen Rome's quotes, beware of the thief on the street that's after your purse, but also be aware of the thief in your mind that's after your promise. Mm. People are funny because they are so protective over things they have or are trying to get, yet so freely give away their most valuable asset, their mindset or belief about what they can really accomplish. And really it wasn't until I started to step deep into the role of being an expert and taking back control over who I was, who I needed to show up as, and started going back to what you said, literally things that I did, started doing the things that I needed to do to be looked at, not only in the world, writing a number one or being part of a number one best-selling book, writing books myself, doing presentations, being in leadership type roles, that I realized that I was the guy, but whether other people saw it didn't matter unless I also believed it. Right, right. We have to believe who we really are, don't we? Mm-hmm, so true. And one of the things that was so funny because I was sharing with you a while back as far as the, um, one of my goals ever since I was a little kid was to drive a truck. 
And it would always kind of get in the way of what I was doing because it was such a strong passion. And after talking to a master coach a while back and he asked me what I would do if my business failed and I explained that I guess I would go grab a truck. He then started laughing and said, what is so funny? And he says, bad news, your goal or your dream is more exciting to you than your day job, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew that as an expert, as an influencer, which I wanted to become, driving a truck wasn't necessarily part of the role, but I still loved the lifestyle. I loved the life, et cetera. So I had to find a way to have my cake and eat it too and was able to do so. So I became a test driver for a dealership and was able to test drive trucks on my free time or in my free time and got to drive the trucks, got to step into that role and realize what it was really about and kind of live my dream, so to speak, while also stepping into the influencer role. So I think part of the goal and kind of to sum it up is knowing number one, that yes, we can have our cake and eat it too. However, we have to be willing at times to step out of the proverbial box and find a way to do what it is that we are called to do, what it is that we want to do, and be willing to take risks, make mistakes, stumble, get back up, and keep going until we eventually start showing up that way. Amen. Okay, Mike, so I have one more question for you because you just dropped plenty here okay and and we said there'll be one at least one nugget for everybody to apply right away um let's wrap all this up why is it so important for small business owners to pay attention to whether or not they um well we all have imposter syndrome at a different time or a different project but um how it shows up you know once we notice it right Mm -hmm. what's what's all that about how do we go from here with what you've all shared? Well, it goes back to the belief, knowing that we have the ability to do what it is that we want, and we may not be able to do everything, and that's okay. We don't have to. Find those who we can surround ourselves with, collaborate with others whose strengths are our weaknesses, and show up. Now, why is it so important? Simple. We all have a reason for being here, And like myself, for years, I kept thinking I needed to do that one extra thing. And not only did I cheat myself, not only did I cheat my family out of things that they could have had had I stepped deeper into that role, but I cheated the potential audience, those around that I could have, in theory, influenced if I would have stepped into that earlier than I did. So there's the time factor and there's the money factor as well. Okay. So resources, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you had to overcome a few things. Yeah, definitely. And that really, through doing so, no matter how much I thought I needed to learn something, there was somebody else who knew it if I just borrowed their skill sets. And once I realized that I don't have to know everything, I know enough, business became fun again. Mm. People was able to influence we're glad that I showed up and I was glad that I showed up. It kind of goes back to, I'm not sure in what the podcast we did, I shared this story about my daughter saying, dad, I believe we are all born to superpower and it's our job to figure out what that is and share with the world. And that was one of the turning points for me, I think, in realizing that it's time for me to show up in the way that I truly needed to be. And looking back at, and going back to the why factor, 
And I think of how much money I spent on courses or spent on things that I didn't necessarily need because I already knew enough. Hundreds of thousands of dollars over right. my career. Right. But that but that's what makes you an excellent guide for others now mm-hmm. is because over time you have done that. So what have you come to learn as your superpower, Mike? My superpower is telling stories. <laughs> give, me a, give me a complex equation and I will give you a simple story explaining why. And also because I've gone through and made a lot of the same goofy mistakes that small business owners make, I'm able to look at, as an example, financial. A business is an asset. There's a lot of great things about having a business. How do you truly turn, whether it's a business, a job, a career, how do you use that as a resource to create true financial liberation in your life? Okay. So, So we have so many options available to us sometimes we don't even realize it mm-hmm. okay um i think we should pause here because Perfect. we have two more episodes to go and we can continue the conversation in the next one how yep. does that sound sounds good to me okay so remember where we are and what you want to pick up on to help everybody continue through this hmm, what would i say a little expose on the imposter syndrome <laughs> And now it shows up and how we can move beyond it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. I really wish we had more time to go further, but we don't. So listeners, this is how you can learn more and engage with number one international bestselling business author, Mike Raver. Start by reading chapter five in volume four of the book, brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner and why i tell you it's it's the one with the purple cover is because if you go to amazon or gosh anywhere else because we're everywhere we're everywhere we're everywhere it's the name is the same the color of the cover is what tells you which volume so this is volume four and in the chapter at the end there's an author's page And we've developed a special gift to help you simplify your small business success. And Mike, why don't you tell everybody about the offer you have at the bottom of your author's page? Perfect. Well, there's one, it's a story in a little ebook format that kind of takes the reader through or will take the listener through some, a lesson, a series of lessons that I learned around stepping into the influencer, the expert role and how not to make those mistakes in their own life, as well as um, access to different trainings, et cetera, that I do. Beautiful. And we'll have that uh, link for you in the show notes so you can check that out. And uh, really thank you, Mike, for gifting that to our listeners. Definitely. Also at the end of Mike's chapter, he has another page about his business and there's all sorts of social media links there for you to connect with him as well. And perhaps one of the coolest things besides the book is you can see everything about the book, the whole series, all the authors, and how to get a hold of all of them. But in particular, this moment is for Mike Raver. So if you go to your app store and you download for free the app Brilliant Biz 
book. I'll say that again, Brilliant Biz Book, B-I-Z book. Um, you can click on a feature that is called Ask an Expert and you'll see Mike Raber's name there. Click on it, type him the question you have and he'll reply back. I think that's a pretty cool bonus for all of our listeners, don't you? Oh yeah, definitely. Wish I had it before. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I hear you on that. Those hundreds of thousands of dollars we spent over the decades, right? Yeah. You know, it could have been a little different. Click, mm-hmm. ask an expert. Yeah. <laughs> and, so and you get your specific question answered, relatively speaking, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really beautiful feature. And I encourage everybody to um, do that, not only with Mike, but the other authors too but start with mike because hey imposter syndrome is everywhere so right now mike everybody's asking how they can get a hold of you besides the app what is your website that you would like them to go to or a facebook page okay the website is 100 as in 100 100 million strong spc.com SPC, sort of like special SPC, right? Yeah, Special Purpose Corporation is what that's Ah, specialpurposecorporation.com. Okay, beautiful. And that's on the app too. You have direct access to Mike, so we'll make that happen for you. Um, Last, I'm going to tell you, please feel free to go back and listen to Mike's episodes. He's been on our podcast for over a dozen episodes but in particular this round with volume four is on the imposter syndrome and again that's episode 157 and 167 we'll have all that in the show notes as well mike thanks for your time and wisdom sharing today you're welcome i always enjoy being here oh yeah you you drop some golden nuggets always and listeners we appreciate you listening to the brilliant breakthroughs business podcast where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week.